0: Hey there, and thanks for tuning into episode 17 of the Eyes Free Sports Podcast. Once again, my name is Greg Lindberg. On this particular episode of the podcast, we're not specifically speaking about sports for the blind and visually impaired, but we are chatting about yoga, which is such an accessible recreational activity and has so many benefits uh, for anybody but especially those who are blind or low vision. And our guest also has many other interests and achievements uh, that he's accomplished throughout his life. So, very interesting guy. So, here we go with episode number 17. All right, so I'm pleased to uh, welcome my guest on this podcast episode. His name is Marty Klein, and uh, he is a u.s air force veteran and a man of many talents and interests and marty welcome to the podcast thanks greg thanks for having me I appreciate it absolutely this is going to be really fascinating you've got quite a life story and definitely excited to dive into it so uh, just talk about you know where you were born where you grew up your early years first off here
1: okay i was born in brooklyn new york uh and the first 17 years i lived in brooklyn and i definitely was a sports nut i was always running around and playing all kinds of sports uh, you know punch ball and softball and stickball and basketball and football <laughs> and you name it i was nope. like i remember us uh, in the schoolyard playing until like uh, it was so dark you couldn't even see the ball and then we realized we we were done for the day
0: jeez <laughs> oh, so. that's a sign yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah. And on Saturday mornings, I remember nine o'clock in the morning, everybody was I lived in an apartment house uh, and there was right next door. There was another apartment house. So there were about 10 or 12 kids my age. And at nine o'clock in the morning, we were ringing each other's doorbells to get ready to get out and start playing again. And, um, you know, I was as I got older as a teenager, um, I just kept focusing on sports. And I actually got into pocket billiards when I got a little older in my late teens and I uh, became South Florida amateur champion in pocket billiards, And I think it was 1968. So it's a long time ago, but it was definitely my favorite game at that time. But they used to kid around that I would have a pool room tan because when you're in the pool room, you don't get any sun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good point.
1: Yeah. But I, I actually got into a little surfing too when I was down in Florida, but you know, I was just wanting to do sports all the time. And, uh, just had a lot of fun with sports
0: right right very cool and then i understand uh you i know you went into the military and you also attended uh university of miami so was it college first or military first
1: college first for three semesters and uh then i uh joined up in uh, coral gables florida april 27th 1967 i remember it well and for three years i was in the air force i uh got into enjoying basic training because, again, I had that athletic uh, mindset, so I was going to see how much, how good a shape I could get into, and within the six weeks, I gained 20 pounds of muscle, and I was just in great shape. That was really fun. Uh, and then I went to Shuniti Air Force Base in the South Illinois to learn uh, weather, which was one of my childhood dreams. So... I was enjoying that. Got stationed at Homestead Air Force Base, a little south of Miami, uh, right close to where I went to the university. So I was happy all the way around and everything was fine until I came down with this eye disease. They have no idea where it came from, but basically I was discharged out of the military in May 1970 with a a temporary uh, retirement list because nobody knew that it would become permanent. But within a year, uh, it was it did, did become permanent, and I, I think by about 1973, I pretty much had lost all my vision.
0: Wow. And I'm curious, what was your actual diagnosis?
1: The original diagnosis was bilateral anterior uveitis, secondary glaucoma, and minimal but progressive cataracts. And I ended up losing my sight mostly from the glaucoma effects.
0: So then as far as the Air Force, it was a very short time that you did serve...
1: It was just three years, but uh, uh, I don't know why I got it. Obviously, my parents never had an issue. I had 20-20 vision before I got into the military. So it was pretty devastating and obviously life-changing for me. And I went through from 1970 when I got out to about 1977 before I really started trying to make friends with the situation of being a blind man because... Up to that point, I was still totally in denial and angry and confused and lost. And, you know, I was raised with the conditioning that, you know, if you lost your sight, you might as well give up life because you're going to be a burden on society and you're going to be, um, you know, needing all kinds of help. And I, I bought that picture growing up. I didn't know. So after those seven years, I started realizing that, you know, okay, so I'm blind. I'm still alive. I got a brain that's still functioning. I got to figure out how to recreate my life as a blind man. And that was the beginning. And then when I, uh, I divorced my first wife in 1977, and I moved in to a house to live alone with my dog and my cat, and that was the big uh, test. Can I do this? Can I actually live alone? Hmm. And it turned out that I was doing quite well. And when I was relaxed with living alone with my dog and my cat and connecting with the community, I was living in Woodstock, New York at the time, then my life started taking off because once I realized that I'm going to be okay, I just can't see, everything changed. And uh, I'll just put this point in at this point because it's an interesting one. I look back at my full life. I'm going to be 72 next month. And there's no doubt that my life without sight has been so much better than my life ever was when I had sight, and a lot of people have a hard time with that one. But that's true.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a powerful statement. But just it just shows you know the opportunities and different things that exist. And if you really work hard enough, you know it you can definitely turn lemons into to lemonade, as they say.
1: That's right. You got it.
0: And it is interesting, just going back to what you said about, you know, becoming independent and how that's such a big thing. Once, you know, a blind person or anyone with a disability gains that independence and that understanding of, you know, what to do to fend for themselves, it really, you know, you can really take off from there.
1: Yeah, and I think emotionally, uh, you know, a lot of my, I've been a counselor for 45 years, so a lot of my... Understanding of our human condition is through the emotions uh, and counseling. And uh, I do know that most people don't know how to get out of feeling victim because of their blindness. And I wrote an article years ago called Victim or Teacher Which One You're Going to Be? You got a choice to be a victim and allow people to react to you, and then you could feel bad about it, or you could start teaching them what you need, what you don't need, how to be with you.
0: Sure, yeah, and I can definitely sense how you'd much rather be a teacher than a victim in that case. So, uh, talk to me about how you got into your counseling career.
1: Well, again, once I had lost my sight and I guess it was, you know, 1970, between 70 and 75, I was looking for something that was going to help me find more balance in life. And I got involved with a couple of different therapy groups, and then one called Reevaluation counseling, I ended up being with them for like 19 years. And I learned a lot about how to be there for others, and uh, how uh, I can allow them to be there for me in different ways, too. So it was a wonderful experience. And I, I learned a lot about my emotional body. I still remember years back when I was at a party one time, and somebody I was arguing with somebody, and I didn't realize that she was asking me what I was feeling, and I was telling her what I was thinking. I didn't know the difference between a thought and a feeling. I was so shut down emotionally. But 45 years later, you know, <laughs> I, I, I teach emotions to people who are looking to reclaim their emotional body.
0: Right, very interesting and then as far as uh, i know yoga i definitely want to you know talk definitely dive into yoga and how you got interested in that and can you kind of explain maybe early on did you start practicing yoga you know at a young age or
1: well, well not at a young age again everything happened once i lost my sight right. um i had a good friend who i met in that counseling world who was also doing yoga and uh, he asked me if i'd like to learn and i said sure so he would come over uh, once a week and teach me a little bit of yoga. Uh, and I kind of liked it. It was, you know, it was another form of using your body. And I was a, you know, raised as an athlete. So anything to use the body was something that I was resonating toward, but it didn't, it didn't blow me away, you know, but a couple of years later, I guess in, uh, well, 1996, I, I got together with a woman in, uh, Tallahassee, Florida, she was into yoga, and around 2001, she went to uh, yoga teacher training. And when she came back, she was teaching yoga every week. So I was, you know, her partner, so I wanted to be part of the classes. And I learned a lot of yoga through those classes. And once I started integrating it, it became mine. You know, it wasn't hers that I was just supporting. It was mine. And many things happened at that point because I started Uh, wanting to, uh, I would go to these workshops for yoga and um, I would be the only blind person there and all the yoga teachers would say, don't worry, uh, I'm a very conscious teacher and I'll be able to think well about you uh, as a blind person trying to learn yoga. Well, they didn't have a clue <laughs> about <laughs> what, what I really needed. And I would be so frustrated. And I remember one day coming out of one of these workshops saying, I got to do something. I got to help blind people because there's no way blind people are going to benefit from this. Because every time they're going to go to these workshops, they're going to be turned off and not want to come back. So... My partner and I got together and we created, and it took about two years, but it was great. We created a five CD package called Beginning Yoga for the Blind and Visually Impaired. And we spent a long time getting the uh, languaging down. So she was the yoga teacher and whatever she said, I wanted to make sure that A blind person who didn't know anything about yoga could follow the directions and actually learn the postures and we worked well together and we got it down and now we have this blind yoga website where we sell our package either in a CD form or an mp3 download and uh, I Think probably over a thousand people have bought it over the years and have benefited greatly from the yoga uh, package, and I'm very proud of that.
0: That's awesome, yeah. And I know just you know thinking about yoga in general, you know, you think of a yoga class and just all the visuals of having to look at the teacher and and really right. follow visually. So I find it just so cool that you know you have this audio described. Uh, training and could you just kind of explain a little more about you know how detailed it actually is as far as the descriptions
1: yeah yeah well anybody can go to the website but we'll talk about that later sure. um the the, uh, C, the first cd is the introduction and there's some basic exercises there and there's some basic attitudes to learn about yoga you know that it's not uh where you want to push 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 <laughs> it's um, They have a phrase in, you know, in yoga, it's called uh, uh, no forcing, no holding back. So, a lot of people do one or the other. They either force because they have that macho athlete attitude, no pain, right? No yep. And then other people that are scared to do anything without hurting themselves, so they sit back and do nothing. So, no forcing, no holding back is the motto to try to have people uh, em- embrace these different postures. Uh, that's part of it. That's the first CD. The second and third CDs are, I think there are 24 different postures talked uh, language at length. So everybody can rewind it, go over it 16 times until you get it down. And then the fourth CD is just a whole one-hour yoga flow where the teacher goes through all the yoga uh not all of them but different postures and it's a beautiful thing and then the fifth cd i really love this one because uh there are tracks on this cd where it's where uh if you want see the idea of teaching this beginning yoga class was not just to teach them yoga but it was also to teach them assertiveness training so that they could take this yoga information once they've learned it and join any local yoga class in their local community and There is one track on the fifth CD that tells me what I need to have the teacher know about how to support me as a blind person in a yoga class. Hmm. And the other track is for yoga teachers to understand how to be supportive to a yoga student who is blind or visually impaired, to be thoughtful of them, but to not coddle them or overprotect them, but to let them know, you know, when you first get to the first class, get there had a time for a half hour, check the room out, see where the shoes go, where you pick the, yoga, the props up, where the bathroom is if you need to go, find yourself a yoga spot where you're going to be independent uh, in case you need to use the bathroom, you know, to be able to speak out when the teacher is unintentionally doing a posture and saying, do this and do that. Everybody <laughs> right. like, can see that, but you don't know. You got to say, hello.
0: <laughs> yep
1: you know, all that stuff is in the fifth CD. So, uh, I love that I had an opportunity to make this CD package because it helps blind people become more assertive, not just to learn yoga.
0: That's great. Yeah. And to actually provide that advice on how to advocate for yourself. I mean, that's, right. that's so cool. And such a unique aspect, I feel like of this type of product.
1: If you want, I'll sell a little, i say a little bit about the package i've been we've had we have it online it's you know uh, blindyoga.net and i think for five or six years now we've been selling to uh people have been buying it from europe and asia to south america and central america and uh, all across canada and the united states and i feel very proud of that And a lot of people have really benefited from it. But every year I used to have a Memorial Day giveaway where I give away five CDs to anybody who would enter the contest. And this last year, I decided to uh, give away seven CD packages uh, at the American Council of the Blind convention in honor of Lynn Heddle, who passed away this last year, and she was a nice connection for me, encouraging me to come and teach yoga to the ACB convention. So uh, I hope to do that in the next few years as well, to just give a few more away every year to support blind people doing more yoga, because my experience is the more people who do yoga who are visually impaired, the more their bodies are healthier, and the more they become assertive in their lives. And that's the most important thing for if you're blind and visually impaired, to know that you're completely capable, and you don't have to give into any of that victim attitude. You can be assertive, you can teach, you can stand up for what you need. Life goes better when you do that.
0: No doubt. Yeah, there really are so many benefits. And I personally, I was introduced to yoga maybe five or six years ago, And, you know, at first I thought, you know, wait a sec, is this really beneficial? And it's what am I really going to get out of, you know, the the stretching and the breathing and the meditation. And within a short time, I was completely sold. And, you know, I I really don't do it as often as I should, but I've got the yoga mat and I've, you know, done the meditation and all kinds of different stretching and, and whatnot, And it's, it's just amazing what it can do, you know, not only physically, but like you said, for your mental health and your confidence and there's so many benefits and it's, you know, you really don't need much to, to be able to do it as far as tools or, or resources. So it's such a, a great thing for anybody.
1: Well, the yoga mat is two foot wide by six foot long. And, you know, when a blind person is on the yoga mat, they know where they are. So you're not have to worry. You don't worry about bumping into things, True. you know. Uh, and it gives you a lot of confidence. And if your angle is off, in the in the CD we teach people uh, how to be stay conscious of being aligned on the yoga mat. Um, it, it's just a wonderful process. I do yoga every day as just part of my life, and I can't encourage people to do it. Uh, m- you know more i think it's a wonderful thing but i will say that the combination of learning yoga is wonderful but then going actually to a local yoga class where you have to integrate yourself in the world of sight and know that you are an equal and you belong there as much as everybody else and you just have a visual impairment that's a very powerful thing and then there's all kinds of different yogas there's bikram yoga which is Sweaty. There's, uh, uh, you know, uh, Anyasara Yoga, Iyengar Yoga. There's all different kinds of yoga. But if you have this background of that we teach in the beginning Yoga for the Blind series, then you can take any yoga class, and you're going to be able to uh, not be overwhelmed by the postures. You'll just have to be assertive about uh, getting things to work for you, so that you're on and the teacher are on the same page. And it's great because then you become it's a social thing, too. You're not doing it in your house. You're doing it out in the, in the community. So it's, it's great. I love it.
0: Exactly. Very cool. And obviously, just, you know, during this pandemic time, I mean, who knows how long this is going to go on. I mean, your CDs and your, you know, the service that you offer through this, this audio yoga. Hey, I mean, now's the perfect time to be able to buy that and do it from home.
1: And I will say also that if if people uh, Google Google. Marty Klein, blind yoga, and YouTube. What will come up is a six-minute yoga flow that I did. Uh, And I did it, obviously, I didn't do it for blind people because it's very visual, but the yoga teacher that I had at the time explains everything that I'm doing with the six-minute yoga flow and all the different postures. But there's just something about, when I decided to put that, on YouTube, it was because anything that had to do with yoga uh, and people who are blind was sighted people helping blind people. (laughs) And I wanted to let everybody know that you could be blind and teach. You could be blind and independent. You don't need to always have to depend on those who can see. So uh, I did it when I was 65. I'm going to be 72 in a month and in three years I'm going to do another yoga flow for YouTube to let people know that you could be 75 in, in great health <laughs> and be strong in, in shape and lucid and how yoga has helped me maintain that over the years.
0: Nice. Very well said. Yeah. And I can definitely include a link to that YouTube video in the show notes for this podcast as well so that, you know, people can easily find that.
1: Yeah, that'd be great.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Now, in addition to yoga, I know you've uh, had many other achievements and interests in your life. Talk to me about uh, some of your other interests. Well, you
1: know, uh, in addition to the yoga package, I've written three books and published three books. Um, The first one is called Blindsided, One Man's Journey from Sight to Insight. The second is called Emotional Cleansing, The Spiritual Journey Toward a Clear Heart And the third is called The Enlightened Gambler, the heart and spirit of the risk taker in all of us. And um, they're all, uh, you can get them through Amazon. Um, And I know also, I think two of the books are on uh, with Bard, you know, so that have been recorded.
0: Oh, yeah, nice.
1: People could get those. Then I also wrote two screenplays that have not been published yet, but um, um, it was a process. And I started a holistic learning center in Tallahassee, Florida in 1998. And uh, for eight years, I was the CEO, in addition to being the founder. So I was involved with that. And that was a wonderful labor of love. And, you know, so I'm always doing things. And the latest project that I've completed is I actually made a 52-minute Documentary film, like I mentioned in the beginning, called "Why Can't We Serve," and it's my best attempt to try to help reduce the number of veteran suicides in our country. And if for anybody who sees the movie, it's all about helping veterans. But the bigger picture, the way I see it, is it's pointing out how completely capable people are who have disabilities. My my thoughts about the movie is that I say that. If those who were disabled in combat or on the job, who were still highly functioning, would be allowed to reclassify to a non combat job and remain in the military, they would still have a purpose in life. They would enjoy that much more than being forced out and being able to get a disability check, but having no purpose in their lives. And I think we would save a lot of lives. I think people want to stay in, and when they get forced out, they are really lost. So that's the veteran thing. But the movie is really uh, uh, an inspiring expose on how able-bodied disabled people are in the world. And I know that I've done a lot of things, but there are thousands of blind and disabled people like me who are doing incredible things as well. So it's not just like I'm special. We're all completely capable, and it's just a matter of us getting out of that victim role and saying like, yeah, this is my life. I'm going to claim it as mine. I'm going to go after whatever it is I want. And, uh, let me see if I can pull it off, you know, and obviously for me to make a movie, (laughs) I'm, I've been totally blind for 45 years, but uh, I thought the movie would be an effective way to reach people. And I think it has been, but I learned so much in making a movie and most blind people don't think of making movies, but it's completely in the realm of possibility. I just want you all to know that.
0: Yeah, that's an awesome message. That's so powerful. And also just going back to what, you know, the the whole thing about veteran suicide. And I know I've read recently just the number of veterans that take their lives every day. I mean, it's, it's staggering. And I think that's such a, an awesome thing that you're doing to raise awareness about that and just kind of all the other aspects of that uh, that film as well. Thank you. I have uh, uh,
1: on my website, on the whycan'tweserve.com website, the phrase is, 22 uh, veterans are taking their lives every day. If you're not outraged, you're not paying attention. You know, so um, that's that phrase, if you're not a- outraged, you're not paying attention, I took from Heather Heyer, who was the one woman who was... Um, killed in the Charlottesville riot and she had that on her website and I really felt so sad that she had to lose her life in, in that horrible thing and in a way I'm just you know honoring her legacy with that phrase
0: right yeah and then as far as the film I know you had mentioned to me that there actually is an audio described version of that
1: yes there is right now I'm attempting to get the regular version up on YouTube. But um, I have discs of the audio described, and I have a, a link. So, what i you know, I if anybody's interested in showing it to an audience, they can contact me, and I can get them the link to the audio described version.
0: Nice, cool, and we can definitely, you know, put that information, your contact information, the show notes as well for everyone.
1: Great, and and you know, the bottom line for everything that I'm doing in life right now is I'm doing my best to pass on what I have been fortunate to receive over the years. I've learned a lot about life and about how to have a balance of meaningful work and fun and knowing how to nurture the body and all those things, uh, wonderful lessons I've learned. And I just feel like the rest of my life is my attempt to pass it on to as many people
0: uh, as I can. Right. Very well said. All right. Well... Again, I want to uh, thank you, Marty Klein, for joining us here on the Eyes Free Sports Podcast. I really appreciate your, your positive message. And hopefully anyone listening to this who might be feeling down, you know, can hear this and just see how someone who was presented with a totally unexpected challenge in their life has totally overcome it. And, you know, that that it is possible to succeed really no matter what cards you're dealt.
1: And I still can't drive a car, <laughs> but, but, but I'm happier than I ever was when I had sight. So um, there you have it. Right. Thanks a so Greg, for doing this, and uh, I wish you the best with your podcast.
0: Awesome. I appreciate it, Marty. Alrighty. Thanks a lot. Take care. To hear more episodes of the Eyes Free Sports podcast, visit eyesfreesports.com. Follow the podcast on social media at facebook.com slash eyesfreesports and on Twitter at eyesfreesports.